This is the Steve Cochran Show on 720 WGN. All right, so what side are you on? Do you have to pick a side? So, you know, I mean, it's not hard to go, well, look, and get there's no money, but the teachers make a lot of good points here. Uh, it's not easy, and I'll tell you who I feel for, parents who have to figure it out again for another day today. There's nobody better than Heather Sharon at telling you what's going on in Chicago. Good morning, Heather. Good morning, Steve. Nice to have you back on the show. I'm happy to be here, especially uh, if I'm going to be introduced like that anytime. Not bad, huh? Uh, Heather Sharon's the Daily Lines Managing Editor and City Hall Reporter. All right, so we thought we had an end to this school strike yesterday. What happened? Well, it seems like things started to take a turn when Mayor Lori Lightfoot sent union leaders an e- a letter that basically said, uh, we need to get kids back in class, and I'm asking you to go back to work without a deal while we continue negotiations. And that went over like the proverbial lead balloon. The only uh, leverage the union feels is to stay out? Right. And uh, that was a non-starter from the beginning. And then negotiations got stuck, as Vice President Stacey Davis-Gay said, over the issue of enforceable class size limits. And this is turned into sort of a key point of contention. The union wants guarantees written into the contract that classes won't be above a certain level for each grade level, like high school you know, middle school, grammar school. Um, And so far, the city has either been unable to meet those demands or unwilling. So is this the only sticking point they're uh, squabbling over right now, Heather? No, there are a host of other issues. They still haven't settled on the length of the contract agreement. They haven't settled over pay. Um, They haven't settled over specifics in terms of counselors and social workers and librarians. They made some progress on those issues over the weekend, but uh, it sort of came to a screeching halt, it seemed to, yesterday. City said we're not going to give on money. We don't have any more money. We're broke. There is no more money. Does the union agree? Uh, they do not. And uh, this is sort of also one of those fundamental questions. Uh, over the last two years, the, the school district has gotten somewhere in the neighborhood of a billion dollars more from the state after it changed its school funding formula. And the union says, that's great. Let's put that money directly into the classroom in terms of more staffing and more resources. And the city says, yeah, that extra money is great, but it's basically the only reason that you know we're not teetering on the brink of bankruptcy anymore and we have a significant amount of debt to pay back and we all have you know we all know about the pension crisis so that's where that money has to go and we can't really use that money for you know what we would like to do and that's the other sort of you know sort of strange notion about the strike is that everybody agrees on the fundamental yes there should be smaller class sizes yes there should be more support workers uh it's just a question of how do you make those promises how do you enforce those promises and do Do each side trust each other to live up to that agreement? Heather, another complaint that the union has been talking about is that the city saying it doesn't have any money and then finding money for subsidies for corporations. I know that the Lincoln Yards has also been something that they've been discussing. Can you flesh that out a little bit for our listeners? 
Sure. So in April, just before Mayor Rahm Emanuel left office, the city council approved essentially $1.4 billion in uh, subsidies for the Lincoln Yards development, which would basically turn what is now vacant, formerly industrial land along the north branch of the Chicago River into a brand spanking new neighborhood of shops and stores and condos and homes and parks and everything else. Um, That money will be generated as the property value of that land rises. So essentially, the city is going to take that money and sort of give it back to the developer, Sterling Bay. A lot of people want the city to sort of get that extra tax revenue and keep that extra tax revenue for the um, city and for the schools. But as Mayor Lori Lightfoot pointed out, that money doesn't exist yet. It only will exist when that development starts. And that development hinges on those subsidies that the city has already agreed to. So um, I don't want to say it's phantom money, but it's sort of imaginary money at, at this point. And it's not sort of sitting in an account somewhere that, that Lori Lightfoot could write a check to the union over. Well, and see, that's this is where I fall on the side of the city, because there are, uh, you know, a million different uh, uh, agendas that uh, Mayor Lightfoot and the city have to answer to and figure out how to spend the money. But, and this is why everything can be butted, uh, mm-hmm. but on the other side... There's the constant argument, which I think is fair. Why are we giving more money to Springfield? Why are we giving more money to the city when they clearly don't know how to spend it? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a tough situation, and it's made significantly harder over the fact that I think the union uh, feels like they have trusted the city in the past only to see the city not live up to those promises, and that they are pushing to put those promises in the contract so that if the city reneges, they can go to court and basically hold the city accountable for it. Otherwise, you know, they're left with holding press conferences and yelling at people like uh you and me, Steve. Well, mm-hmm. right, exactly. to piggyback on just what you said, Heather, ultimately, isn't that the issue? It's a trust issue between both sides. I mean, because philosophically, they do agree that these things should happen. It's just, is the union going to trust the mayor when she says she really just doesn't have the funds to do it? That's right. And it's also sort of an existential fight over how do you run a school district? Do you put promises of staffing and and those sort of things in the budget or do you put those in the contract? And the mayor has been very clear that while she's willing to sort of negotiate a little bit on these issues, that she's simply not willing to reduce what she calls operational flexibility to run the district in the way that she and Janice Jackson, the CEO, feel um, they have to, whereas the union says, you know, we don't think you're going to do what you're sa- what you've said you're going to do. So we want you to put put it in writing as the hashtag they've been using and and put it in the contract, which will make it harder for the city to sort of step back from those pledges. You know, the, we talked about this last half hour. A lot of people around the country are watching to see if this social issues folded into a strike. Um, is successful and will other unions take it on there's literally thousands of people listening right now who have kids in chicago schools that they have to figure out another day for who are losing time in school and they don't want kids to be homeless they don't want kids to be hungry but they also want their kids in school is it fair to fold this in and is it slowing it down 
I don't think there's any doubt that it's it's slowing it down. Um, you know, you and I haven't even mentioned the fact that the city is offering teachers the 16% right. raise. So the issue is really not money. It's really sort of these other issues. And I think it's an open question as to whether it makes sense to try to shape the city's affordable housing policy, its homelessness policy, through a teacher's contract. However, the union will say, look, all of those issues directly impact our teacher's ability to teach in the classroom. If you've got a kid who's coming to school cold and hungry because they didn't have a nice place to to sleep the night before, that's going to affect the entire class. That's going to affect the entire school. And the union's point is, look, the city has known about these problems. It's no secret that, you know, the city has has an affordable housing crisis. And we are simply advocating for our students in the best way we know how. And this is how we have decided to do it. Um, it, But it is... It is certainly not a traditional strike where, you know, the widget makers want to want to, you know, five cent per hour raise or something along those lines, um, which makes it a little bit, I think, trickier to sort of navigate and is is complicating a final deal. So couldn't the city take a step here by saying we and they have said this to a lesser publicized note. Of course, we agree kids shouldn't be homeless. And of course, we agree we have a problem here. But a set-aside or a future considerations dollars figure to get this off the table to move on with the other things that are solvable? Because something big and, 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 you know, as fluid as this, I don't know how you solve this in a matter of days. Yeah, I think that's a good question. And the the city has tried that to some extent. Um, They had made an offer to basically earmark $400,000 that would be used to develop a pipeline of new support workers like librarians and counselors and social workers. Uh, That also went over like a lead balloon um, with the union who says that the city, you know, basically isn't taking what they are demanding seriously, and that doesn't really address sort of the fundamentals of the issue. Um, But, you know, I think that uh, it is a huge task that the negotiators are facing today, and it appears that um, at least not at this point will the full bargaining team be at the table today um, in sort of a show of um, upset with what happened yesterday. And at the same time, uh, Democratic presidential candidate Elizabeth Warren is headed to the west side to rally outside in Austin uh, Elementary School with striking CTU workers. So that will no doubt turn up the uh, media attention just you know a couple of notches i would think so the social worker part of this you can listen my guidance counselor in high school got me through high school it's one of the great people i've ever known in my life and i salute guidance counselors and social workers it's a it's a thankless job and it's an incredibly important job however the nursing part of this is more important to me and i i'm an idiot i thought by law every school had to have a nurse not even close to true huh Right. No, it's not. And there have been, you know, some really great work by my colleagues over at the Sun Times documenting sort of the struggles that parents with um, kids with medical issues have have suffered through. There was a story yesterday about, you know, a a child who needed an insulin shot every day at school and was basically told, well, you or your husband is going to have to come to school every day and administer that because we don't have a nurse. Um, And that, you know, is a significant problem for kids. And I can only imagine a huge source of stress for parents, which is why the union says that they're not willing to compromise um, 
you know, on these issues to ensure that every school has a nurse and that every school has a social worker and that the, the social workers and the nurses don't have huge caseloads of literally hundreds of kids. And, you know, they're not covering five schools in any given week. We're out of time here, but uh, journalists of the highest order, such as yourself, see what I did there again? Um, yes, you did. The check's in the mail. What is your instinct? Are we going to be here for a while? I, I think so. Um, I think I was relatively hopeful over the weekend that maybe we we're going to get a deal today or, or yesterday. Um, but the fact that, um, you know, things have sort of ground to a halt over this, you know, class size issue, I think, is, is not great news. And let's not forget that Mayor Lori Lightfoot is about 24 hours before unveiling her 2020 budget. And she's going to tell us how she's going to cover a deficit somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, $800 million. Well, it's her fault. She wanted the job. <laughs> <laughs> you think you've got a little bit of buyer's remorse there. Oh, man. I'll tell you what, talk about thankless. Heather Sharon is the Daily Line's managing editor and City Hall reporter. Tell people where we find you. Thedailyline.net. Sign up for our newsletter, and you will get all of this fantastic reporting right in your inbox every morning at 6.15. Thank you, Heather.